74 Tango Whiskey, 2.6 for 3,000, uh, 140 on Flyer here, it is Friday, March 3, 2023 here, the night post-trade deadline in the NHL. (sighs) It is uh, 8.09 p.m. right now on Friday night as of this recording and just kind of been sitting here for a couple hours in silence trying to think about what it is that I was going to say on this show tonight. And quite frankly, I don't know. This is one of those episodes where I feel like I could sit here and scream at the top of my lungs for the next 56 minutes and rant and rave and, you know, lose my mind. But there's the other part of me that never wants to talk about this team again. This was this was the day that... The, 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 the straw that broke the camel's back. And... It, it's not JVR. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter, right? Some pending UFA that you were going to get a fourth round pick for in 2026. Doesn't matter. What today proved is more than anything is that Chuck Fletcher is incompetent. He is not fit to lead the Philadelphia Flyers if you cannot trade your goddamn top pending UFA. You dealt McEwen, you dealt Patrick Brown. We'll get into those sooner or later. But at the fucking end of the day, the inability to move JVR for weeks is is unforgivable. This is a franchise that one way or another needs to go, uh, needs to undergo substantial changes over the next few months into the offseason and heading in the next year. One way or the other, whatever path they choose, you got to do something different. And it's very clear at this point in time that Chuck Fletcher is not that guy. And it's time to string this guy up like Mussolini in the fucking middle of Philadelphia and beat him with a goddamn stick. You know, I'm tired of it. It's it's time for him to go. You know, flashback to the Ron Hextall era and the Dave Hextall thing. And there was a long time where people wanted Dave Hextall to be fired, and he wasn't. And that, that, that anger went from Dave Hextall, and it slowly got redirected to Ron Hextall. Because he was the one that was responsible for pulling the trigger of finding the guy, which never happened. And the main anger has been on Chuck Fletcher for the last, I don't know, maybe six to nine months at this point, after the handling of last offseason. And I think if this front office had any sense whatsoever, whether it's the mysterious advisors, whether it's Dave Scott, whoever makes that call, you gotta make it soon. You gotta fire this guy as soon as fucking possible. Whether it's tomorrow morning would be nice, would be ideal. Whether it's, you know, at the end of the season in April, April 13th, 14th, whenever your last game is. You gotta make that call. Otherwise, the blame shifts more and more away from Fletcher and more and more to Dave Scott and the rest of these goddamned incompetent idiots in the front office. Something's gotta give. Something's gotta give sooner or later. And the surmounting pressure is... I've never seen Flyers Twitter 
and the general, not just Flyers Twitter, the national media is starting to talk about this, how out of control the Flyers are. And I don't know who to beg anymore. <laughs> you know, you can beg Dave Scott to make change, but at the end of the day, he's just as guilty as everyone else. Everyone in this fucking... It's the Flyers front office and their brain power and their direction of the franchise, which isn't a real direction, versus the fans. And we are in prime fuck-around-and-find-out territory. You know, you keep leading this fucking team right off the goddamn ledge, and nobody's going to pay for your games. I have a feeling here the last, what are we at, 15, 20 games of the season are going to be um, some featuring some pretty empty barns in the Wells Fargo Center. It's going to be pretty quiet. Unless, of course, the Rangers fans take over again because you can't even fucking fill up your own arena. But, uh, yeah, it's time. His head or the crown for this Fletcher. It's time for him to go. And it's time to make moves. And I think that was my big takeaway from the day. This JVR thing is fucking ridiculous. There's absolutely zero reason why this guy is still on the team. There were over 50 trades made. It was the busiest trade deadline in, like, at least a decade. Uh, you know, uh, every player of size and strength and contract and term and money, everybody got moved. There is not a single good goddamn reason that JVR is still here, no matter how inconsequential that return would have been. And that was just the takeaway. Uh, you know, I, I, it, it's far past anger. You know, I, I was angry years ago. I don't even know if it's apathy anymore. It's whatever is past apathy as a fan. You know, I, I just... This sucks. You know, this isn't fun. This sucks. This is goddamn torture. It's masochistic torture to cover this team anymore. And I don't know, man. I don't know what comes next. So, um, I know I just did a five-minute soliloquy here. I apologize. I'll bring on my uh, co-hosts now <laughs> to get their opinions on this one. See if they're in a fucking better mood than I am. <sighs> Manny Benavides is back, as always. Manny, how you doing? Salutations and greetings, gentlemen. I, I will say I, I've got the crown royal open. A couple fingers of uh, whiskey in the old glass and... It's uh, it helps a little bit. It's uh, we we're in a snowstorm here in southern Ontario. I was shoveling, which is why I was five minutes late. Uh, but it beats the shit storm that is swirling around the Philadelphia Flyers. Chuck Fletcher, Flyers Twitter, and everything associated with this godforsaken team that can't do anything right. No matter how hard they try, they just find a way to get worse and worse and worse and as much as everybody loves to point out that oh you guys are negative you know what we've told the truth for the last couple of years that we've been on here together every two weeks on a friday night recording we have told nothing but the unadulterated truth this organization is a shit show from top to bottom and they're not worthy of the building that they play in, as Mike described uh, last time we recorded two weeks ago. And they're not worthy of our attention or our fandom. I don't even know why I'm still a fan of this team. Old habits die hard, I guess. But uh, I don't I don't know. I, I would disagree with, uh, with Dan on one point. Uh, it, it should be blatantly obvious that Chuck Fletcher should be fired. But for, for us, it was blatantly obvious quite a while ago. 
definitely before the last off season, uh, in the middle of that shit show of, of last season and even a little bit before that. I'm glad that fans are starting to come around and I want them to remember how they're feeling right now. And if things don't change, what they're going to do about it. And Mike Aceto is back. Mike, how you doing? Fantastic, gentlemen. Great to be with you, <laughs> as always. Uh, <laughs> that's probably an understatement, I guess. Um, you know, I think that we're seeing one of the biggest meltdowns in the organization's history, in, in fans following the team. Um, it is yet another major, major example uh, and milestone in futility. Um, a lot of us felt these same feelings last offseason when it was apparent that the Flyers were finished and they had done virtually nothing. Uh, and now all of these same feelings and same thoughts are coming back again as the trade deadline has eclipsed the Flyers and they did virtually nothing again. And the writing isn't just on the wall now. It is spray painted in big, bold letters. There is a mural. You can't miss it when you're walking down the block. Chuck Fletcher is incapable of being a general manager of this Flyers team. And Dan mentioned it. He hit the nail on the head. I think that Chuck Fletcher is a decent general manager on a temporary basis for babysitting a roster for a period of time. If a team fires their GM, you know, and, and they need someone to come step in for six months, Chuck's fine. The Flyers are so complicated now. There's so much BS and their path to contention is so muddy. Chuck clearly is not the guy to take them out of this. We've seen this time and time again, and today was absolutely no different. So let's get into the weeds, gentlemen, shall we? Yeah, and... You know, I, I think if they were smart, they probably would have fired this guy probably close to three years ago at this point. Let's be real. Um, you know, there is a part of me that can appreciate effort. And, you know, thinking back to this time last year, you know, you guys were already off of the Chuck Fletcher bandwagon. Meanwhile, I, you know, gave him at least the benefit of the doubt because of the 2021 offseason when you brought in Ryan Ellis and Ristolainen. And you know what? It, it's one thing to try. It's one thing to go down swinging. And I think for a long time, Fletcher kind of had that benefit of the doubt from me. And it's why I thought going into last offseason with, you know, Johnny Gaudreau, who wanted to be here, and Alex DeBrincat and Dylan Strome, who made sense. Those were the big three players that you could have got. You know, it, one way or another, I thought, how could he possibly fuck this up? Well, he did, because he's goddamn Chuck Fletcher. And the mixed messaging and doing so, flat out lying to your faces, you know, with the uh, uh, aggressive retool and then walking away with nothing. And then pulling, that's a retool, Charlie Card, and a rebuild. Where the fuck is it? I don't even give a shit anymore. But the 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 lying, the heel turn, the the bullshit. You know, you lost that benefit of the doubt from myself, and I think from a lot of people when you just flat out fucked us. You know, you spit directly in our faces, and you go into this trade deadline, and you don't move JVR. And again, it's not the player. I don't give a shit about JVR or the minuscule draft pick that he would have brought back. It doesn't matter. It's what that represented as a whole and what that represented for the state of the franchise and the fact that this team needs to 
pick a direction and you can't even fucking rebuild properly. You can't sell off assets properly. You know, both Dylan Larkin and David Posternock have resigned with their respective clubs um, this week. So you, you lose really the two big free agents. And I think we'll get into that, you know, at some point down the line here. But the point is, is those are two guys that should have been pretty high on the priority list if they made it to free agency. And this guy cannot clear JVR as a pending UFA at the trade deadline. How in the fuck is anybody going to trust him to move Kevin Hayes or Ivan Provorov or Travis Sanheim or Scott or whoever the fuck it is that they're going to move this summer? How can anybody have any faith that this guy is going to do anything properly from here on out? You know, you, you, you just, it's a goddamn laughingstock. The Flyers are totally fucking irrelevant in the league, and you've—they've spent the last few years chasing off their fans, and you're sitting listening to three of the fucking hardest of the hardcore left, and and I'm ready to check out, and never do this again. You know, it's just—it's it, like I said, it's not anger. It's far beyond anger. It is just total fucking apathy at this point for myself, and I. I I, I don't even know what more to say. I, I don't know what more to say about the Philadelphia Flyers right now other than this team is a god-fucking-damn embarrassment. And it may not be Chuck Fletcher's fault. It may not have stemmed from Chuck Fletcher. But he is the one responsible right now, and he has made everything fucking significantly worse over the last few years. And, you know, you got to make a change. Dave Scott's got to put his fucking big boy pants on. Stop listening to these goddamn geriatric fucking 70 and 80-year-olds that you have with your ear. With Clark and Barber and whoever the fuck else is hanging around in front of us. Fuck them! Fire this guy. Fire this guy. Get rid of Breer too, at this point. This guy's... he His hand is in the cookie jar. I don't want him. I don't want Danny Breer. I didn't trust this guy to begin with. I don't trust him now. Go out. Find yourself a president. Find yourself a GM. Outside this organization, get fresh eyes on this product and fucking start again. That's the only way I can think that you have any faith moving forward from anybody. I don't even think Danny Breer cuts it anymore. I think if you brought him in this time last year, maybe you had a chance because he's new and he's popular. Now, he's been here for a year. This organization has gotten worse. He's technically involved. I don't think it cuts it. I think I think you got to do something more. And... Does Dave Scott possess the brain power to do so? I highly doubt it. He does not have a good track record of this kind of shit. But um, I don't know. I don't know what comes next for the Flyers. But today proved that um, Fletcher, believe it or not, isn't very good at his job. Well, I think this JVR situation, um, as we go through the details here, it really symbolizes how inept Chuck Fletcher and his team really are at doing their job. Um, you know, if we start from, you know, let's go back to even last offseason with this is JVR, his his salary was an issue on this team. And, you know, we had episodes in the past where if the Flyers were going to make a move last offseason, they should have been trying to move him a year, two years in advance in preparation of an offseason to clear the cap space and have that kind of uh, roster flexibility. So they failed to do that. They knew he was an issue leading into the offseason, and they did nothing about it and completely dropped the ball there. Everybody knows that. Then you come into this season, 
Everybody knows that JVR is a UFA. He's overpaid, but the Flyers need to get rid of him in some capacity at some point before the trade deadline to recoup an asset. As Dan mentioned, as Manny mentioned too, that the return really is not as relevant as just executing the process and showing that you're moving forward and liquidating to some extent and have that capability. So the Flyers had a shit ton of notice here. They've had months, years to do all of this stuff. Again, they let this bleed over into the last couple of weeks. We saw the Bo Horvat trade, which was a big one, happened a couple weeks ago. We saw January a ton 30th of other major was the Bo Horvat trade. Yeah. Yeah, that was weeks ago, a month ago. Um, we've had major moves as well. You know, as you guys mentioned, one of the most active trade deadlines we've seen in at least a decade, maybe ever. So the market was robust. Plenty of opportunities out there, small, medium, and large. And what we find is that Chuck Fletcher waits until the last second here, apparently. He had made some calls, he said, during his press conference, you know, three weeks in advance, and nobody ever called him back uh, until 1.40 p.m., an hour and change before the trade deadline. And um, he's scrambling to make a deal with the Detroit Red Wings for JVR. At 2.30. Yeah. yeah. At 2.30, that's based on a contingency that the Red Wings have. Why would you wait that long and put all your eggs in a contingency basket mere minutes before the trade deadline? Wouldn't you just have conversations with teams weeks ago? Even if the return isn't perfect, just execute it to move on with life. Move on with the trade and move to the next one. Instead, they're just sitting here either ignoring the situation or saying, oh, well, we want the fourth round pick in 2024 not the fifth round pick in 2027. It's like, just sell the asset and move on. And his complete inability to do that, I think really symbolizes and shows to everyone outright. And Chuck Chuck went through all the details about how he screwed this up in his press conference earlier today. It shows why this guy just can't do it. And we all know it at this point. It, it's really rare that you see this kind of transparency and um, and this level of ineptitude in a front office and a professional sports franchise. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that. His, his M.O., his modus operandi is let's wait until the last day, the last few hours. And don't worry, I'm going to get a better return because I'm going to fleece somebody. And it didn't work out. And and as far as I'm concerned, I mean, listen, he he went out and he, he, in his press conference, which I'm sure we're going to get to, he went into a lot of detail about some of the conversations and some of the situations around the league and everything else. And, and going through his, his, you want to, you want to see my call sheet? <laughs> I took two phone calls today and I made 17. Congrats, Chuck. That sounds like somebody who already knew that people were going to ask about, hey, did you just sit on your ass for the last couple of weeks or what? As Mike said, they've known for months. And in fact, they've known for well over a year that JVR needed to get moved. The 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 fallacy here, and, and even if you agree with the excuse or reason, however you want to look at it, of, well, you need a partner to make a trade. Well, JVR just wasn't worth a lot. And Mike, again, credit to you. You said that two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You said nobody was going to trade for him. And Dan and I said, we you probably get a third or a fourth. Okay. I'll take all the credit. <laughs> even, even, even if that's the case. 
and teams were not actively looking and calling to get JVR. The fact is, is that he knew he had to move him, and he didn't. He's known for a long time that he's had to move him, and he didn't. And I know that there was, uh, like Anthony DeMarco tweeted out, well, it's hard to move a guy when he's got, you know, whatever it is, a goal and an assist in his last 14 games or whatever it is, whatever the stat was. And that's true. That's very true. But this organization doesn't trade guys when they've scored, you know, five points in the last two games or whatever it is, or whatever JVR's hottest streak of the season was. They just won't do it. This this general manager does not do anything out of a prescribed pattern. It's like he's severely obsessive compulsive. He can only make moves the, the week of the trade deadline. He can only make moves at the draft. He can only do things after free agency is done. And then once training camp start, that's it. It's locked down until fucking trade deadline time. There's nothing that can change his mind. There's no movement. There's no nothing. Why didn't he put uh, somebody like Travis Konechny on uh, LTIR earlier? To free up a little bit of room. Why didn't he manage the LTIR situation and the cap a little bit better to try to maximize the space to make things a little bit easier? But he didn't. So as far as I'm concerned, even if you agree that there was no trade interest in JVR, the fact remains is that that for me, I, I know that that's a big deal for a lot of people, but this is just the latest in an absolute laundry list of reasons why this guy just can't do the job. He just can't. Yeah, it's not <clears throat> it's not JVR's himself or, or the trade return himself. These guys were worthless. We knew they were fucking worthless, right? And we talked about this on Flyers AD, you know, when you had last year when you had Giroux and Justin Braun, who was, you know, playing like a actual hockey player back then and actually on defense because he's a fucking right wing these days, if you notice. But, uh, you know, you, you had assets last year to move this year. You didn't have assets, but it wasn't about that. You know, it wasn't about the return. I didn't give a shit what you got for JVR. It's the fact that every other fucking team in the league was wheeling and dealing and Fletcher waited till 2.30 on the fucking deadline day to do anything. Mm-hmm. And at all levels, too. Fucking I mean, players crazy. worse than them got moved. Players yep. worse. Jordan Greenway got a second round pick in 2023. Holy fuck. Like, you know, I, I don't have the list pulled up in front of me or can pull up my name, but if I went through and found, there's probably at least half a dozen trades that are absolutely insane that are worse Curtis than anything JVR could make it. Yeah, Lazar got moved today. Fourth round pick for Curtis Lazar. You're telling me JVR isn't worth what Curtis Lazar is? Curtis Lazar is useless. It's just, it, it blows so my fucking mind. How, like, how, how, there, it's not feasible that nobody in the league was interested in JVR, yet all these other, 50 other, 50 plus other people moved and JVR didn't. There's no fucking way that that's the case. It's Zero because chance. of Chuck Fletcher's incompetence. Time. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely zero chance. I mean, after listening to Chuck Fletcher's uh, press conference there, it was as if I felt like I was watching a criminal being interrogated by the police <laughs> at certain points. And everybody knows that the criminal is guilty and committed the crime. The police know it. The criminal knows it. And the criminal's trying to go through all the details and explain you know, all the reasons why 
in such a manner that you know that he's lying. You know, you know that you're going into way too much detail. I mean, I mean, he went into details about conversations with other GMs and what they talked about and what the offers were and counter offers way overboard. And when people do that, you know that they're lying about stuff. And one of the things that I think was really great there was Charlie asked a question about, well, do you think that your price was just too high with JVR and you scared off all the other GMs? They didn't come back because your asking price was out of control. And it was interesting because there was a very long pause there. And then Fletcher responded by saying something to the effect of, oh, no, that's completely not right. No way that happened. That did not happen at all. And you know he's lying. You know that Charlie called it out absolutely dead on the spot. The asking price was ridiculous. He scared off the GM. GM said, fuck that. I'm not paying that bullshit for this guy. I'm going to go pay, you know, less than half of that and get an equal or better player from some other team. Fuck the Flyers. Fuck Chuck Fletcher. It's exactly what happened here. Yep. You know, I mean, he had the conversations. It's not like the Flyers are blackballed. This is not some antitrust case or there's a collusion thing going on against the Flyers that all of their 31 general managers have banded together behind closed doors and said, hey, nobody give this guy anything. There are they're idiots over there. We're going to blackball them. <laughs> that didn't happen here. Maybe you know, like that's not a thing. <laughs> so and that's what Fletcher tried to make it seem like. He tried to make it seem like that um, he said something about, oh, well, that's the way the market is or something like that. It's like, no, absolutely no. This is the most robust market at every level. Like I said, small, medium and large deals that we've seen in well over a decade. That excuse does not fly here. Yeah, well, JVR is going to score fucking 30 goals in the oh, last that, four weeks. If he gets hot all of a sudden, holy shit. Dude, oh, he's going to hot streak. That's actually a really good point. I think <laughs> he, he always does. You should, you should, you should edit this into one of the episodes where we talk about JVR. If this fucking guy goes on a heater and puts like ten goals in in the last like twenty games, just to say <laughs> to all the rest of the GMs, give him the finger. Yeah. The more you. meaningless, the more meaningless the games are, the more likely yeah, the more it is he's that he do, will yeah. excel. JVR revenge tool. <laughs> he scores two goals oh, on Dallas. You guys oh, could God. He's going to score like five goals this weekend. Holy <laughs> well, that would, fucking that, shit. That would also help because we want the Flyers to re-sign him. So if he <laughs> if he gets really hot and they're like, oh, wow, he really came on strong at the end of the year. You know, we think that he's going to carry that over. God. <laughs> Every team that was yes, in on JVR, that's what I want. so bad. Carolina, boom! He's gonna be a game winner. Two goals. <laughs> Dallas, two goals. There's nothing. Yeah, pump the ball, and then he's gonna get rewarded with a three-year deal. Oh, it's gotta be awesome. There's nothing else to hope oh. for. So we just. So I just want to see nothing. Him just nothing else twist the knife. to hope for. Yeah. <laughs> More I things I would hope for than a JVR extension. Yes. So we need Xavier to get hot as shit over the last month and then <laughs> and then convince the Flyers to give him an extension because he's back. He's <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so good. Oh, I would love it. God, I, w I want that extension so badly. <laughs> Huge J JVR J fan. J JVR giving the fans this. Third round draft pick, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Who is this guy? Oh, God. 
Jesus Christ. It's the man. Takes out Patrick Kane. (laughs) He's like, this is a wrecking ball. God, yeah. Imagine if you are JV. I mean, the fucking GM is so outwardly be like, we're trying to get the fuck rid of you, but you suck so bad. (laughs) We couldn't make a deal. We couldn't, we could barely give you away. What the fuck is that guy thinking right now? Yeah. Yeah. God, that's, that's tough to go through though. Cause usually that's stuff behind closed doors, but it's been very out in the open with Fletcher because he's so worried about his job, I guess, and looking like a moron. So he's just closed all this shit. You that, are so goddamn that, useless that nobody wants you. That's, <laughs> yeah. That is true. Like, Because he went out of his way to be like, he's a consummate pro. You know, we wanted to do the right thing for him. Fuck, nobody wanted him. <laughs> fucking, yeah. Nobody gave me yeah. a, need a fourth how round does, pick. Nobody would fucking give us a fourth. Yeah, how do you square that? It's like, yeah. hey, he's great, but the rest of the league thinks he's outright <laughs> trash. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah, a great which guy, he is, he's a pro, yeah. he's just shit. Nobody wants to give him anything for it. <laughs> Fourth round pick, nobody. Nobody offered us even that. Oh, man. Oh, that's funny. How bad is that? Oh, God. I started laughing when you used the criminal interrogation example, because <laughs> I wish, I wish beyond anything that somebody went up there with a freaking Yellow Pages phone book and just yeah. beat him. Just, just because, like, just to get get it out of him. But Chuck Fletcher, in in my estimation, he could say whatever he wants about teams not participating in negotiations and whatnot. I think the critical thing to keep in mind here is, is Chuck Fletcher misread the market. And he basically admitted as much in his press conference. He didn't outwardly admit it, but he kind of implied it. And I say that because... Even if you're, even if you hate Chuck Fletcher as much as we do and want him fired, I'll put up my hand right now and say, I did not expect the amount of activity in trades in this deadline. I didn't. Everybody kept saying the cap, the cap, the cap. Everybody's capped out. There's no wiggle room. There's no way to move. You can't move term. There's so many variables. You can't move the 2023 draft picks because that's stacked. All this stuff. I'll put my hand up. I did not anticipate this level of trade activity. I wouldn't even blame Chuck Fletcher for not anticipating this amount of trade activity. However, once it became clear that, oh my God, this player went, oh my God, that player went, oh my God, Tarasenko's gone. Oh my God, St. Louis, Ryan O'Reilly's gone. Oh my God, everything's starting to happen. It is incumbent on the general manager now to reevaluate and reassess and say, okay, whatever I thought before, it's not working and it's not going to work. I'm going to revisit this now and really on the fly, come up with a new strategy, a new game plan and revisit what my strategy is, what I want to get for some of these players and how I'm going to attack this. He didn't go out. He's not creative. He can't change on the fly. He's got the brain of a fly. The guy can't do anything. <laughs> One at a time, very simple, money in, money out. He can't do anything. Bill Guerin went out and started taking on cap and getting draft picks. Multiple times. So Multiple times. So 
this thing about well, I val- I would have wished that we got you know draft picks and things in in this draft in this in this uh, in this trade deadline. Well, you didn't do anything to do that. You relied on trading JVR, which you didn't do. You traded Zach McEwen. Wowzers! What a big time move <laughs> that was. And Patrick Brown. Congratulations, Chuck. You're you're really going out there and aggressively trying to get young players, prospects, and draft picks. B.S. He misread the market completely. It, it was the level of activity for me that I think is the most damning part here. You know, you look back to the off season, the the you know the 2022 off season, and they had to move JVR to get Johnny Gaudreau. But around the league, very little money was moved. You know, all the, outside of Oliver Bjorkstrand, there was not a lot of cap dumping going on. And that was a league-wide problem, which does not necessarily absolve Fletcher of guilt for that. But there is some level of truth to the fact that, okay, money is hard to move right now. Fine. When 50 other fucking trades happen at the deadline <laughs> and players worse than JVR were moved and got decent returns... That's when the excuses stop for me because there's no excuse for that. You know, that that I think is the the part that really fucking annoys me in all of that is is there is absolutely zero reason. You know, if there was only a handful of trades throughout the day and only the real big names got moved, but no team moved any money and there was another build like fine. You know, maybe this is a different story, but 50 some fucking trades happen and JVR is still here. Why can every other team figure it out except the Flyers and goddamn Chuck Fletcher? Why? Why? Mm-hmm. Is there a good reason for this? No, there's not. No, and no. this fucking press conference exposed that there was no good reason for this. You know, it's just, it is it is insane to me mm-hmm. that this guy is still employed after the day he just had. After the couple mm-hmm. weeks leading up to it that he had. How? Oh, it's just it. It's unbelievable, really. I mean, there's no oversight on him. And the thing that is so annoying here is that, look, there's a lot of people that will say, oh, well, you know, a six round pick next year doesn't make a difference and a fourth rounder this year, whatever. And I agree with that to some extent. But the thing that that argument misses is that draft picks are are the currency of the NHL. That's that's the currency that general managers deal in. And when you make moves to acquire players or do things generally, what you do is you tend to package draft picks. You know, that's that's the equivalent of money in the marketplace. We're going to send draft picks for a player. We're going to you have to acquire that stuff. And. While, you know, one or two picks might not be that important when you compile, you know, you let, we had, let's say we got four fourth rounders or something next year. Like that's significant. That might be able to allow you to jump in the draft or I don't know, re- figure out a way to obtain another player in a trade or something, because that's the currency here. And the flyers just repeatedly, especially under Chuck Fletcher, just refused to acquire and utilize that currency in terms of making moves. I mean, and we're talking such an elementary level here. You know, I look at Chuck Fletcher and I consider him like, I don't know, like a first grader that is trying to compete with a bunch of, you know, I don't know, graduate students on something here. I mean, that's the level of disparity that we're talking about. I mean, we've seen enough of a sample size. This is Chuck Fletcher's fifth 
trade deadline with the Flyers, and he's going to have his fifth offseason with the Flyers this summer. And this guy has done virtually nothing to show that he's capable of maneuvering as a general manager should of the National Hockey League. He's virtually incapable. I mean, he's done nothing. What's the most complex move he's done? Uh, Voracek for Atkinson? I mean, one-for-one trade? I mean, maybe trading what a fifth round pick for the rights to Kevin Hayes and then and then grossly overpaying him when there was no market for him. Uh, You know, I mean, it's probably between those two. And if you've got five years and that's the level of complexity of a move that you've made, that's absolutely pathetic. That is not at the level that a general manager needs to be, especially for a team like the Flyers. You know what? You said Kevin Hayes's name. And um, I keep going back to what you say, which is Chuck was competing against himself in the Kevin Hayes thing. And that kind of reverberated with me during this trade deadline is that he's he has this idea of what JVR is going to get and what other players are going to get. And the other GMs were making moves and getting players. And we saw the chess pieces come off the board one by one. I I swear yesterday I saw a story on tsn.ca that said, oh, the Blackhawks are making Max Domi available for trade. And that afternoon, Dallas Stars, one of JVR's, you know, landing spots gone. And one by one, those landing spots kept getting taken off the board, off the board. Chuck did his stupid little press availability on, I think it was Tuesday. Yeah. And while he was doing it, freaking Jesse Pugliarvi went. Yep. And it's like, well, there goes Carolina. Carolina just did their business because they spent $3 million bucks on Jesse Pugliarvi's cap hit. Unless Edmonton retained salary, I don't know. But how much more salary can be retained in order to get JVR? They don't care. You know, like, that's what I mean. Piece by piece, that chessboard, all the pieces were basically just pulled right out. And there was nowhere left for him to go. And he just was resolute and wouldn't change his mind. And listen, you don't want to be, you know, the bitch and just, you know, be taken to the cleaners by the other GMs because other GMs will talk amongst themselves and you're going to be the mark. And they're going to pick on you every single offseason trade deadline draft, everything. There is there was the argument on Twitter that, hey, if you don't get what you want, I'd rather keep them. And I get that argument. I really do. But I think that this was a case of Chuck just completely dropped the ball here. He, he misjudged the market. He wasn't adaptable. He didn't evolve and change as things were happening real quick in real time. The market changed. All these trades were happening. And he was just resolute. Did he take any calls on Nick Sealer? Probably not. <laughs> or was it still, nope. No. We, we don't, we're keeping Nick Sealy. He's we're, we're immovable. Yeah. yeah. It's a key immovable player on this object. roster. You can't move him. But yeah, the first grader can't really do it. And you look at, too, <laughs> you know, if you look at some other teams, you know, one of the excuses that will come up is, oh, well, the Flyers are not really in a position to do much, you know, based upon where they're at in the standings and where they're at in their rebuild process. Bull fucking shit. You look at other teams. You know, if you go to tankathon.com, you look at all the teams that are in the running for the draft lottery this year. 
every single one of them made significant moves or at least meaningful moves during the last several weeks leading up to the deadline today. Columbus, Chicago, Anaheim, San Jose, Arizona, Vancouver, Montreal, St. Louis, every single one of them did way more than the Flyers, all of them, in order to position themselves better to acquire assets, get rid of salary, something or another to make themselves better or more attractive or open something, open a window up as they continue to build their teams at the end of the season and, and into the offseason. The Flyers are the only one in that category that did virtually nothing. Virtually nothing. Like, how can you look at that if you are evaluating Chuck Fletcher's performance and the front office's performance and say, yeah, you know what? He's doing the right thing. Absolutely not. He's an absolute moron compared to his peers. And, you know, obviously the main issue here is that, you know, we can talk about this all we want. Um, the national media is now talking about it. Um, even people inside the organization, the Flyers organization, are talking about it. But the one guy is Dave Scott, and he's the he's the ultimate decision maker here. And if he has, like Dan had alluded to earlier, a bunch of 80-year-olds that live in Florida that come up here every once every six months in order to fucking talk to Dave Scott, and they're the ones telling Dave about whether or not Chuck is doing a good job because Dave's too dumb to know that, you know, nothing is ever going to change until somebody figures out a way – to change that or get those advisors out of there or get in Dave Scott's ear because that's the only way this fucking changes because Chuck's going to go in there and try to wax eloquently like he tries to do with these fucking press conferences, make it seem like, hey, my hands were tied. I couldn't do anything. You know, everyone else was against us. It's the other GMs that don't want to cooperate and blame it on everybody else. And, you know, that excuse has flied. You know, they've accepted that. Dave Scott has accepted that for years now. And until there's a way to change that and infiltrate that, I don't send in a spy or something. It's send in a fucking Russian spy for fuck's sake. That is not going to change. That's the only way through is because Chuck, Chuck will lie. He will lie to Dave Scott like he lies to us. And he's, you know, he's very mild mannered and relatively convincing, I guess. You don't know what the fuck you're listening to or talking about. Then that is the key to fixing this right now. I just don't think if you had an actual president of hockey ops or, or an owner with any level of experience and and that person or people were looking at other general managers in similar positions like I just went over and see what they did compared to the Flyers, there's no question that they would come to the conclusion this guy's incapable. No fucking question. I think that's an added layer of of despair in all of this is the fact that the most likely outcome, if Fletcher ever gets removed from general manager, is that he sticks around as president and fucking Danny Breer gets put in as GM. And it's fucking the same status quo with Fletcher as president. Like, that always felt like the way this ultimately unfolds, is when they coronate Briere that Fletcher's still going to remain. And, like, God, that just doesn't provide any hope. It's all going to be the same thing, because Fletcher's still going to be the one pulling the goddamn strings. You know? I just... It's not even like they're going to fire Fletcher and he's gone and you got new people here. You know, like I, like I opened the show with. It's going to be the same fucking shit. Just Breer is going to be the one who's going to be taking the bullet here directly instead of Fletcher. And you're just setting Breer up to fail. He's g <laughs> You're going to keep Breer here with Fletcher. Like, people are going to be just as fucking angry. <laughs> It's, it's ridiculous. What's going on now sucks, and the most likely next step is not any better. You know, there's no hope. 
uh, hope is gone. It's gone. This team that we all fucking love is dead. Flyers are fucking gone. It's just, I, I, I don't have words for this. You know, I, I wish there was something more to talk about. I guess we can talk about these other fucking trades. Patrick Brown got traded to Ottawa for a sixth-round pick in 2023. What the fucking goddamn do? And Zach McEwen got dealt to the LA Kings for a fifth-rounder in 2024. And Brendan fucking Lemieux, of all people, the guy that Sam Rand punched out, the guy who bit Brady Kachuk, he's here. Tony D'Angelo's best friend, which is just what this team fucking needs, is more people like that. I just... Uh, McEwen was an RFA at the end of the season, whereas Lemieux is a UFA. So, theoretically, this is another guy that, you know, you don't have to then worry about until they re-sign Lemieux as well, which, (laughs) when that day fucking happens. But the other part worth noting here, and I was talking about this on Twitter, today was also the day to... Uh, make players eligible for your AHL rosters for the playoffs. And the Flyers have their renewed interest in the Phantoms making the postseason. And neither one of Cam York or Tanner Lazinski, who were the only two waiver-exempt players on the roster, were sent down. And no other trades, no other random depth trades were brought in either um, to, to make this team happen. So... Fletcher killed two teams in one day. So, uh, good job, Chucky, I guess. That's 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 an impressive feat. But, you know, you dealt Ratcliffe for nothing, theoretically opening up another roster spot. They would have had three contract slots at that point. So you trade a fifth-round pick for random depth forward X to help the fandoms out, and they did not even do that. So, congratulations, I, I guess. Now Chuck uh, and Cam York and Lazinski, who would be welcome additions to the Phantoms in their playoff run once the Flyers' season comes to an end. Would have been nice, but nope, we didn't even do that. Lazinski is off of IR today as well. He's back on the uh, full-on main roster now. So, Season saved. Tanner Lazinski's back. Patrick Brown is gone. Great. <laughs> so here's another example. I'm glad that you guys mentioned uh, this Brendan Lemieux trade. And there was a nugget from Chuck Fletcher's press conference that I think is so damning when it comes to this here. So basically what he said, for those who haven't heard it or don't recall it, um, basically the trade was Zach McEwen for a fifth round pick, which, and Chuck pulled back the curtain during all this. That's why we know it. <laughs> he said it was just McEwen for a fifth round pick. And Rob Blake had come back to Chuck. And he said, ah, you know what? That works for us, but we got to figure out a way to get Brendan Lemieux off the roster. I guess they needed the roster spot and or cap space. Um, and Chuck, in his infinite wisdom, instead instead of saying, oh, you know what? I could help you with that. But instead of a fifth round pick, why don't we bump that up to a third and I'll take Brendan Lemieux? That's what any rational human being that knows a goddamn thing about fucking negotiating would do. He would but think, no, yeah. that's not what Chuck Fletcher did. Chuck Fletcher said, hey, no worries, Rob. I'll do you solid. I'll just take Lemieux as well. Don't don't change the offer. I'll take the fifth round pick. Just give me Lemieux. Yeah, that's fine. No worries. Like what? That is so ridiculous as a negotiator to just accept extra shit without getting anything in return. What school? This guy apparently went to fucking Harvard. How the (laughs) fuck did he get into Harvard? He is a moron. 
absolute moron. Like this is so elementary. If you've negotiated anything in your life, like like a car lease, like a fucking like a bill with your plumber, anything. How how do you <laughs> just say, oh yeah, just just throw in Lemieux? Like no, you say we'll take him, but you need to increase the level of the draft pick or give me something in return for the value that I'm taking. It's unbelievable that he pulled back the curtain and revealed that. And I think that is such a ridiculous example to show why this guy is an absolute moron and incapable of this job. I am so glad that you mentioned that because I had that written down in my notes too to talk about Brendan Lemieux. I want, I wish I could see Rob Blake's eyes just light up <laughs> when it's like, well, McEwen for a fifth, you know, I don't know, Chuck, uh, I got to get rid of Brendan Lemieux first because like to make this deal happen, just leave it with me. I'm going to see what I can do. Well, hang on there, Rob. Have I got a deal for you? Why don't you just give me Brendan Lemieux? (laughs) And for Rob Blake to sit there and I can imagine him going like, oh, my God. I can't believe that this fucking guy's doing this. You know, this is. This is the guy that, you know, all the rumor and innuendo, and I don't know how true it is, but in discussing an Ivan Provorov potential trade, this asshole with no nutsack whatsoever wanted me to give up Quinton Byfield and Brant Clark? Really? This guy's going to take Brendan Lemieux for nothing as part of this deal. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe I I would love to have seen Rob Blake's face mute the conference call, look at his assistant general manager and go, holy shit. Can you believe this guy? We're going to do this right now. Get the paperwork, fax NHL, uh, you know, the central uh, uh, service or whatever, and put this thing through right now because I can't believe this is happening. You're right, Mike. It is in absolutely idiotic way to negotiate and and then when chuck was describing you know usually you know you haggle a little bit you know when he said that in the press conference it's like dude you didn't haggle nothing you don't know what you're doing you're a used car salesman and all you've got is junk to sell people and like people are coming in like yeah you know what i want a, a rough and tumble third liner or fourth liner for the playoff push what do you got well i've got a a, a 1997 fucking ford uh, ford explorer here that you can get <laughs> great really that's what that's what you want me to pay for you got nothing else on the lot Okay, thanks. Appreciate it. See you later. I can't believe that he just did that for Brendan Lemieux. It was unbelievable. And I'm glad we're spending some time on this because he should get crushed for this. I mean, like I said, I can't believe that he actually went through the mechanics of this and verbalized what happened. But again, it shows he knows that he's an idiot and he didn't do the right thing. So he's trying to cover his ass by explaining and trying to convince us that he did do the right thing. But like, Unbelievable because Chuck was unequivocal when he said in the press conference that this was about the fifth round pick only. I mean, they had the deal with the fifth rounder and that's it. So it's nothing to say, oh, it's, oh, we wanted to see a 20 game tryout on it. No, he said that was not part of it. There was no 20 game trial that they wanted from this guy at all. He's it's just not involved in the deal. And like, 
How can you? Oh my God! The other GMs in this league seriously must think this guy is a fucking moron. I mean, in Minnesota, you know, I haven't gone through his track record when it comes to trade deadlines. I think Dan, you probably have are much more of an historian on that uh, than the rest of us are in terms of his background there. But you know, here at least in Philadelphia, he he hasn't had to do anything that you know. He's had to do stuff where he actually let me rephrase that. He's had to do things here that are beyond his capabilities. And in Minnesota, I think he could just kind of babysit things and let yeah. things go. Yeah. Kind of certain Parise fell into his lap. And with the Flyers, he he hasn't had that kind of luck where these star players wanted to come home. Um, and it's just he's become exposed over the past several uh, seasons, several trade deadlines and off seasons at this point um, where he just can't do the job. And this Rob Blake situation, I think, needs to have major headlines in the Philadelphia Inquirer on TSN on Sportsnet everything has to be talking about this because it's embarrassing for him it really is can i just jump in quick please do you think rob, do you think rob blake appreciates that chuck fletcher fucking said that story or does it make rob blake look like wow he's a stud cuz he just he just completely bitch slapped chuck fletcher <laughs> and made him take a player off his roster for nothing yeah i i would i don't know I, gms usually don't like GMs talking about other GMs and talking about these little things. And I'm wondering what you guys think about this. Does this show that Chuck is on the hot seat? Is well, his job really on the line right now? It's funny because there was one quote I wanted to read here from uh, as we close out this first part here. I'm not worried about my job. Whatever happens with me will happen with me. That's up to Dave Scott. But everything I do is about doing what's right for the Philadelphia Flyers and not taking shortcuts. And that is in part why we didn't make any more deals today. He is not worried about his job. I think that tells you all you need to know. I don't believe this guy is on the hot seat in the slightest. I think maybe... In April, in six weeks, however long we get left of the season, five, six weeks, maybe he gets booted to president and Breer takes over as GM. I still think that's the most likely outcome. Mm -hmm. Maybe it happens. If this guy is still fucking general manager going into the offseason, holy shit. He will be. I mean, he made a ton of references to the summer. <clears throat> All the things that he's just kicking the can down the road. He He clearly plans on being here through the summer. Yeah, and you know. I, it doesn't. If there was a legitimate plan to fire him, you would think he would have been fired by now. Um, this trade deadline, as inconsequential as it was, again, their assets were not worth a shit. You could have thrown Briere in and let him get his feet wet and dabble with moving JVR and moving Brown and shit like that. You know, the stuff that doesn't really matter. If that was the plan, you could have done that. Um, and it wasn't. And you let Fletcher do this thing, and the fact that it's 9 p.m. and he still hasn't been fired. You know, after that goddamn performance in the last few weeks, leads me to believe that it's not going to happen. Um, I, 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 <laughs> I don't even know what to say going into the 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 summer there if he's still in charge. Uh, there's a part of me that it's train wreck TV, right? You do want to kind of <laughs> keep an eye on it and go, how badly can this guy fuck it up? But at the same time, he's actively killing the thing that I love. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I, 
it's possible he goes, but if I was a betting man, I don't think he's going anywhere. And that is goddamn ludicrous to even say out loud after his track record of not just the last, you know, six hours or so, but the last, um, you know, five years. What do you think, Mike? Is he is he still have a job or what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that he's here through the summer. Um, almost for sure at this point. It it's again. It goes back to the point. I mean, like we mentioned many times, th- there's no mechanism to get him out. The only mechanism is if the senior advisors turn on him. Dave Scott is not sophisticated enough, or even has half a brain to to properly evaluate what a GM is doing well and what a GM is not doing well. He can't do that because he has no experience in sports or in hockey. So his constant MO is to just defer to what Bill Barber is telling him, which and apparently Barber is the number one suspect here from uh, according to Anthony Sanfilippo in terms of the senior advisors telling Dave what to do. He's the only one who's actively but, around other than Lombardi. Yeah. 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 He's the only one there. So, you know, you can probably infer that anyway. But um, until the senior advisors say no and say stop and get this guy out, which they're not going to do because they just vouched for him last year and they're friends with him uh, and Chuck's technically their boss anyway, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I think he's going to be here through the summer. I think this is going to continue. I think that Chuck is going to convince Dave and say, look, you know, we have this new coach, John Tortorella. We're in lockstep now with a plan on how we're going to get younger and use all of those great buzzwords. And that was the message on Tuesday was that the front office is united now and they're playing forward, even though they weren't specific in what that entailed. But, you know, they did. Fletcher did make it sound like I think they're on the same path now. So I think that Chuck has has a renewed tenure here with the Flyers based upon John Tortorella. And I think that he's going to last at least through the summer. And I think, and I think I'm just painting the picture and I've been right about this stuff for the most part. I think that, that Chuck is going to hitch his wagon to John and they are going to progress together. And Chuck will continue as long as John is here. And that's my next prediction for them. So I think, yeah, he's here through the summer for sure. If you were to have asked me a week ago, I would totally be with you guys. There, There is a part of me, though, that says that that Rangers game in, in Philadelphia, that got a lot of attention. And based on all the comments and people yelling and screaming on uh, Philadelphia sports radio, which Mike sent me a, a link for me to listen to. Thank you, Mike. Um, and his performance today. I'm not so sure. I think he does get fired. Um, and I say that because the thing that really iced it for me was the last minute or so of his press conference today, where he basically pulled the mea culpa bullshit. And he goes, you know, uh, we're not talented enough and and that's on me. I need to do more and I need to do this. A tacit admission that he has failed and failed miserably. And there was a, a lot of things, and I want to give Russ Joy the credit for saying this on Snow the Goalie, and I, I messaged him and said A+, because he was right on 
The reason that Chuck Fletcher did not use the word rebuild is because he would admit that he is a failure, that he inherited a team which was super flawed. Let's 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 make that perfectly clear. But this man has been here for four and a half years and nothing has gotten better. Nothing. They're relying on the stupid bubble, which is a mirage. And I'm glad I'm seeing a little bit more people on Twitter admit as much on, on Twitter. Yeah. It was bullshit and it wasn't real. Yep. And they've been acting this entire time like it is. And the sad thing is, is that Chuck Fletcher's words today in the press conference, he's basically like, we're going to do what's best for this organization, for this team going forward. We're going to get younger and we're going to make trades that make sense and make us better. Now, he said that. That does not that are those are not the words of a team that's rebuilding the St. Louis Blues. Don't do what they did. Trading Tarasenko, trading Ryan O'Reilly, doing all the moves that they've done. They didn't do those moves to get better now. They're doing it to get better soon. That's the difference. If you're truly a rebuilding team, and I'm sure that we're going to get to this in the next hour. You're not doing things to get better now. And I still, that's why the, the, this thing with Chuck Fletcher is I think that he says that they're going to get younger and that they want draft assets and this and that, but I don't believe him. No. I don't believe him for no. a goddamn second because he said that we're going to do things to get better now. And I, I'm sorry. That's not what a rebuilding team does. He's not thinking he's thinking about, yeah, we're going to jump another three, four spots next year. Again, wrong move. <laughs> you're not going to get anywhere. So you're going to be 11th or 12th next year from the bottom. Yeah. Great. It's more improvement. That's all they want. It's not. It's bullshit. That's improvement, man. Stop. It's, they're they're going to be stop. seventh most improved team in the league next year. Yeah, they went from fourth worst to eighth worst to eleventh worst. What more could you want? He, he yeah, guess to, who's the least improved this year? The Colorado Avalanche, and they're going to win the West again. <laughs> <laughs> so that statistic is just completely outlandish. I think. <laughs> oh God. Well, I'm gonna call it a fucking day here, at least for hour one. And uh, yeah. <laughs> at Dan the Flyer fan at Brotherly Puck at Brotherly underscore pod if we even fucking continue to thaw on with any of this shit if I don't fucking give up on this entire brand between now and then um, plenty of shit up on brotherlypuck.com got uh, stuff and things um, <laughs> I don't even fucking care who gives a shit Mike where can people find you on Twitter you can find me on Twitter at flyer underscore AF uh, I'm extremely mad extremely frustrated but uh, we'll see how long that lasts here because the apathy is setting in. <laughs> Manny. I'm surprised that I haven't swore a lot more in this episode. I guess the whiskey's <laughs> calming me down a little bit. Uh, at Manny Benavides. And uh, as always, brotherlypuck.com. Uh, we've got the draft lottery is going to be coming up soon. Okay. That's, the only, that's the only thing that can get the flyers out of this mess. Mm -hmm. And the only other thing is uh, I got a letter, another letter. 
there might be somebody that can save the Flyers, and it's not serious, but we'll you'll you'll be seeing that soon. All right, everyone. Until next time, goodbye and good night.